0: Yeah. Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is sponsored in loving memory, in loving memory of Gloria Irani. Alea shalom leilun nishmat, Gloria Abad Rachel. sponsored by Richard Irani. <coughs> the parasha begins, parashat b'chukotai, and the pasuk says, im if you follow in my uh, statutes, v'et and you guard my mitzvot, I will give my reins, In their correct time, and the land will give its produce. We spoke about the Yevula yesterday in the Shabbat class, for whoever was there. The three methods, uh, three the three uh, prongs of Yovel, Yevul, and Yuval. V'natati Shalom ba'aretz. I will place peace in the land. God promises that when a person does the right things, then the right things will happen to them. Now, what's fascinating is. There's a question that's asked again and again and again all throughout the midrashonim, and this question is a very important question. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says that every single Jew and in fact most of Judaism is built on the premise and on the principle that when we die our nishamot achieve hopefully Bezat Hashem Gan Eden but if not, that there's a price to pay in another place. Regardless, in each scenario we understand that like the words of the uh, song go, my, my heart will go on. After a person passes away, that doesn't just the end of the show, blackness and nothing else, but after we bury the person in the ground, almost begins a life which is much longer than the life that they lived here. It's a life of eternity. There's no death, there's no sickness, there's no infirmity, there's no end. A person's consciousness exists forever. Now, what's fascinating is, if we, as Jews, don't believe in that concept and idea of olam haba, if you take a look in Sanhedrin, you'll see that there's, a, that, there's a, uh, that there's one of the ikarim, the principles of faith that, uh, that the Jewish people uh, understand. Now, beyond that, it also helps us in our, in our daily life understand that there's times that we just wonder what is going on here. I don't understand. This guy is such a good guy. How could this happen to him? You meet people that have literally, you know what they say? If he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have luck at all. You know, you have these people like that. You look at this guy, he's such a good guy, why? Then you look at this other guy, he rips everybody off. He's unfaithful in in business and in marriage and in this. And here the guy is on top of the world. You look at this guy, you're watching this guy and you know, he's growing like grass. The Pasuk says. Ultimately, the, per- the reason why the person is enjoying such benefits, <speaking> in <Hebrew> that in the end, for, forever and ever, the guy will be destroyed. What does that mean? So the Gemara tells us, <speaking in Hebrew> means that the person is enjoying some level of short-term benefit. But forever and ever, that's not going to be the case. You have sometimes a Sadiq who has, everything is perfect with him except for one mistake that he made. That mistake weighs on the Sadiq. He can't go to his Gan Eden because for his level, it's such a big mistake. But you know what? For a little bit of uh, 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 of, ang- of anxiety in this world, for a little bit of worrying about something, you know, this person, he could, he could come up to Shamaim with a clean slate and everything is prepared for him forever and ever. What would you rather have? A short-term suffering for a long-term benefit or have a long-term suffering, have a long-term, uh, what's it called? Uh, a lifetime of financial success, all these things, but then eternity. You know, you you have to pay for that. Rev. Yisrael Salante used to say that the world that we live in is like living in a hotel. You go to a hotel room, you're up in the middle of the night, all of a sudden you have a parched throat, you need something to drink, you don't want to drink the water in whatever third world country you happen to find yourself in. So you go into this refrigerator, and this refrigerator is like its own world. In the world, how much does a bottle of water cost? One dollar. In this new little world called the mini bar of the hotel, a bottle of water costs seven dollars. In fact, there's even a question, the halakha. What happens if you drink one of these bottles of water, and then you go downstairs in the morning before they check it, you buy the same bottle of water outside in the CVS, you come back upstairs, put it back in the refrigerator. So now you paid one dollar instead of seven dollars. Mutaro Asur. Big question, halakha. When do you become obligated? It's a big question. When do you become obligated? You know why? Everyone says, oh, of course you're allowed to do that. Not of course. Can I prove it to you? What happens if, as an example, I come to you and we do a business deal and you say to me, well, look, you know, uh, I think it's a little bit overpriced. I don't want to pay your price. I tell you, no problem. You don't want to buy it, no problem. I say, you know what? I'm going to buy it. Then you buy it. Now, how much money do you owe me? $7. That's the price we agreed on. You can't come back later, buy me the object, and say, Here, here's, a, here's the object. I decided to nix the sale. Once the sale happened, the money you owe me is what you owe me. You don't owe me the replacement of that object, which is not the same price. So once you take it from the refrigerator, according to many poor schemes, you become obligated to replace it afterwards. doesn't do anything. You can't pay a $7 bill with a $1 bottle of water. Now what's interesting to me is Rabbi Seral Saladi used to say that we look at the world and the universe as one place, and the minibar is another place, and the minibar everything is... But really, imagine that same concept as a macro-micro concept to apply to this world. Rabbi Yisrael Salata says, this whole world is a mini bar. You know, you go out, you want to buy a lot of things, but everything here is overpriced. And when it comes to Shamayim, you realize the price you paid for things here in this little hotel room, in this little space called Olam Hazer, were way out of proportion to what, they were, what they're actually worth. So a person sits there and they look their whole life, they have to see this Rasha, you have to understand, he's buying goods at a premium, this guy, and you know what? When the time comes, he'll pay his bill, forever and ever, vice versa for a sadiq that suffers who has trouble, right, um, what's it called, you experience, you understand, that those, so that means that Ulam Abba is at the cornerstone of much of our understanding of this world, when a person sees a child that passes away at a young age, and we can't wrap our head, how could it be that Borei Olam would allow such a thing to happen, and the answer, I mean, in many ways, the only answer is understanding that this tragic chapter is but a chapter and not the book. There's something that will happen ultimately afterwards. There's a reason why that this happened. We can't understand why, but also that the person will get their comeuppance in the world to come. Rabutai. so if that's the case, then the Mepharshim ask a piercing question. The Torah is telling you now, laying it out, straight to each and every person for all of time follow my rules, and let me tell you what I'm going to give you. Everybody's waiting with bated breath. What's the reward? What's the answer? I'm going to give you some rain. I'm going to make sure the land produces... Now, of course, let me not belittle it. That was huge. Back then, this is Paranasa, agricultural society. We're not talking about rain so they could dance in the rain. We're talking about rain or swimming, fill up their swimming pool. We're talking about rain so they could eat. We're talking about not having war in your land. They're not small things. But it skips what seems to be the most important thing, which is any mention of olam hava. How come God didn't take the opportunity here? If he was already talking about sakhar, already talking about reward, why doesn't he talk about this? There's many answers, but I think maybe I want to focus on one or two with the time that we have. The only reason why you have a question here is because the pasuk is dealing with reward. And if you're telling me the reward already, how come you're not telling me the full reward? Can I give you an example? Let's say as an example, your son is sitting there in, the, uh, uh, in, the, in your office. You ask him, could you go get me a bottle of water? And the kid says to you, how much are you going to pay me? You want to slap the kid, right? Unfortunately, they'll take the kid away from you if you slap him, but he deserves. He's asking you how much, I'm him, your father, I asked you to get me a cup of water. You're going to tell me you got how much I'm going to pay me? Every day the kid asks you how much you're going to pay me. Could you come to do this? Could you do that? How much, how much you're going to pay me? Right? It's disgusting. So we don't keep asking Hashem how much the sachar is. But imagine your father sat you down one day and he said, Look, I want you to be here at work with me. I want you to help me with whatever I need. I want you to get the documents, I want you to get the water, I want you to close a deal, I want you to go meet the buyer, I want you to check out the property, whatever I want you to do, I want you to be my right-hand man. That's what I want from you. Is the child entitled to say, Dad, okay, can we talk about what the salary might be? He's allowed to say that. He's asking you to do a job, okay? He's not just saying, you know, be a good son. He's asking you to do a job. When he's asking you to do a job, so you're allowed to ask. Now that the father says, look, the salary is 50K. This is exactly what he says. This is how much the salary is. I'm going to start you on this amount. Now, imagine the kid says, okay, 50K, I understand, but am I part of the company? Am I getting health insurance? Ask all the Mifarashim, once we're already discussing the reward. Do what I'm going to give you. Why didn't he give it? So the first answer that's brought, which is the idea, answer from Harambam, is a fascinating answer in and of itself and gives us a beautiful exposition into the concept. Harambam says that the premise of, this, uh, of the concept over here is, is false. God's not discussing uh, sechar, reward. What do you mean? It says, if you follow my ways, I'm going to give you rain. If you follow my ways, there'll be peace in the land. Um, if you follow my ways, I won't even let them walk through with a of. I mean, the, the, it keeps on going, the pesukim. Lots and lots of different things that it says, that how the blessings we're going to have. Harambam says you're, un- you're misunderstanding it. This is not reward. Let's go back to this kid who's in his father's office. The kid, he does really well. He does a couple deals, the father sends him, fantastic. Each time the father sends him to go buy this, to go look at that, every time the kid comes back, he's a sharp tack, This guy is very good. Now the father says to him, I want you to go out and buy this property, here's a million dollars. The kid goes out and buys the property. Comes back to his father, he says, you know, the salaries do, the father says, I gave you a million. Kid says, that wasn't for me. That was for the business, to go buy the building. Who would be right, son or the father? Son. The money wasn't for him. The money was to purchase the building. He was to do the, 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 uh, the needs of the business. So too, says Harambam. Gemara tells us, um, Reward for a mitzvah in this world does not exist. You cannot be rewarded in this world uh, for your mitzvot. Impossible. If that's true, what do you mean you have pesukim that say reward? Says Haram, that's not reward. That's, if you do a good job in this world, God's purpose for this world is olam shakai, to set this country, this world, this universe up as a kingdom of God to allow people to understand the right things to do and the wrong things to do. If you're a part of that, so God says, let me invest some more. Go buy me another building. Go bring, bring 20 more guests into your home. If you're giving tzedakah, I give you money. The point of giving you money is for you to give tzedakah. Now, true, I have to keep you alive in order for you to be able to fulfill my mitzvot. But that's a business expense. That's not your sachar. Let me explain as well what this means. Sachar mitzvah b'hai al-maleka. It doesn't mean that I can't pay you in this world, you do a mitzvah. There's not enough money in the world, by the way. How do we know it's a mishnah and avot? One mitzvah, all the pleasures of the world, everything that this world has to offer, doesn't even compare to one second of one mitzvah. So there's not enough money in the world to give. But I think that that's a misunderstanding. It's not that the mitzvah is worth a billion dollars and there isn't a billion dollars in this world. That's not the Peshat, that's not the understanding. I want to give you an idea. A friend of mine is a Diet Coke fanatic, shout out to Moshe Mayerfeld. he's a Diet Coke fanatic. He goes into a restaurant and he says, can I have a Diet Coke? And the waiter says to him, "Um, we don't have Diet Coke, but I'm going to bring you a Diet Pepsi. I'm sure that's okay. And my friend says to him, that's fine, I'll be paying in Monopoly money, I'm sure that's okay." It's not. It's not the same thing. If you're a Diet Coke fan, if you're a Diet Coke fanatic, Diet Pepsi tastes like I don't know something uh, you know that was filtered through shoes. Okay, so you don't want it. You don't like the taste. They hate it. Diet Coke crazy people hate Diet Pepsi. I've never heard the same hatred, by the way, from the in the reverse direction. But either in either scenario, if I pay you with Monopoly money, yeah, I pay with Monopoly money. Imagine I tried that. Could you imagine? I walk into your house. We just close a deal. Uh, on the house. I come, I put down one million crisp Monopoly money. The guy says, what are you, crazy? The guy says, Mihila, I'm sorry, you're right, you're right, 100%. I get you, I feel you. I see you, fam. He goes back into the back thing, takes out a thing, snaps the thing open, pulls out an extra million Monopoly money. you're totally right it is monopoly money it's not worth the same as the regular It is two million in monopoly money the guy's like no deal are you majnun the guy's okay my final offer 10 million monopoly money it doesn't there's no amount of monopoly money that would be worth selling the object for the point is it's that it's not just that there's not enough of the object it's that the currency itself is not something which even expanded the physical pleasures of this world they don't rate on a forever scale, on a nishama scale, on a consciousness scale. If that's the case, um, then we begin to understand this concept of sachar mitzvah b'hai al-maleka. So all that's going on over here is not sachar. Rabu'tai, with one exception, when does the beracha that you have in this world become your reward when you declare it to be so? Dehainu, you say to God, I'm going to do this misvah, and I want you to do this. Or in the merit of that, I'm asking for this. Who decided that that was the trade-off? You did. So it's like if the guy in the house said, okay, fine, I'll accept two million Monopoly money. Now you give him two million Monopoly money, he agreed. He said that that's what it's worth. He's happy to do that transaction. Chalas, now he's paid. We also have to be... Uh, aware that when we're praying for something, when we're going to synagogue, we decide, you know, I need something. Or I'm, Hashem, I'm going to pray now. Every day I'm going to come to prayers this week. Don't make the reward that you want the payment for the mitzvah. Instead, say to God, I'm coming to pray every week. I need you to help me make my life a life within which I can come to pray every day. Then you got it for free. You got it for free. You didn't pay the expensive price of the minibar in this world. Rabotai, if we see it that way, then suddenly it, it shifts the perspective of everything that we get in our lives. And by the way, for some reason our brains are hardwired to talk about money. You talk about tzedakah, people think you're talking about money. We're not. You talk about reward, people think we're talking about success and business money. We're not. Do you not think that it was a reward that you found the love of your life and your wife? Do you not think it was a reward that you have children? Never mind if they're good or bad children, just the fact that you have con- continuity. Uh, th- did you not think that, that your health is, is, a, is a reward? It's something that God had to give you. Don't take that for granted. You no, know, you meet people your own age, Barmanan, I know. You meet people that are, they suffer their whole life from the time they're young people, in and out of the hospital. You know when you start to realize that your, gift, your life is a gift? When they check you in the hospital. All of a sudden, you think of all the things that you can't do. Meanwhile, you never thought all this time about the things that you can do. You don't think, oh my gosh, look at this, I can move my fingers, no pain. You don't think about the fact that you could just walk and your toes don't feel like someone's shoving a knife in them until you get gout. All of a sudden, you become keenly aware of your toe, your big toe, Your your knee, I have gout in our family. I'll never forget the first time I got an attack. It was Rosh Hashanah, okay? I went to go speak in a synagogue. I was speaking to thousands of people on Rosh Hashanah. First day in one shul, I spoke in six minyanim. The second day, I was supposed to go speak to another group of hundreds of people in another school. I'm staying in someone's house. The night of Rosh Hashanah, Rabotai, all of a sudden, I start feeling like someone is sawing off one of my toes and the pain is boom, 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 throbbing. I didn't sleep the whole night. I woke up in the morning. I couldn't walk. I was a four minute walk from the synagogue down one block away. It took me 35 minutes to walk from my house to the synagogue. By the time I hobbled around that day and it was time for the next morning to go to the, uh, to the other synagogue, I couldn't walk at all. And at the age of 35 years old, someone came and they put me in a wheelchair and they walked me the 35 minutes to the other place. You know what it means to be a 35 year old guy in a wheelchair? I took the medicine, it went away. But never in my life did I ever think that I put my consciousness, my focus on my large toe. If, if you've never had this, you'll know the same idea from getting an ingrown toenail. Who thinks about their toenails? I mean, obviously, if you're a man. If you're a woman, you're getting them painted and filed and ma barif. But if you're a guy, you, you don't think about your toenails until, until you do. Says the Pasuk, I'll sort your life out in a way which will make it optimized for you to do mitzvot. So that's how we should be asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I don't want to pay for this card. I want you to slide the business card on this one. This lunch, this dinner, this family, this health, this business, slide the business expense. Put it on your card, not on mine. I can't afford it. Put it on your card. When a person is living their life in that way, in the right, and the correct way, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes care of all that we need. And once we understand that it's not sahar, it's not a reward, it's a... Uh, and allowing of the, the job to get done in the right way, so now we understand why Olam Haba is also not mentioned. Olam Haba is a discussion about the reward, and on that we say no one understands, no one could possibly know. When we're talking about God giving you the tools to be able to fulfill the mitzvot, because you keep showing him that that's what you're doing with your life, that's just God investing in you, but that's not reward, and therefore it's not a good question to ask how come when discussing reward we don't give the reward of Olam Haba. Do you see? Amen. 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 amen.